Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to today's episode of Convos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today we have a fun guest on. It's my old teammate at the University of Oregon and also Nike professional runner, Jessica Hull. I'm sure you guys are familiar with her. She represents Australia and she has already established herself on the professional running scene. Even just after her rookie year, she's already set multiple Australian national records and much more of her to come. Also, we have our first video podcast today. Jess and I recorded on video. It's on YouTube. Just type in Combos Over Cold Brew Podcast on YouTube and you can find it there. So if you want to watch the video version, go check it out. And I'm going to be attempting to do this from now on, um, the video version too. So go subscribe to Combos Over Cold Brew Podcast on YouTube if you want to stay up to date on that and watch it on video instead. And let's get straight into the episode. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Comments Over Cold Brew. We're here with Jessica Hole, who I'm sure you guys have already, you already know about her. You're already familiar with her. Whether or not you watch any of my stuff, you definitely already know her from that or just from the running world because now she's a literally a legend in the running world already. Um, Jess, welcome to the podcast. Do you want to give a little rundown of who you are? Thank you. Thanks for having me, Emma. I was so excited when you asked. I was like, wow. Okay. You knew I was going to ask you. Come on. <laughs> I was kind of like, I wondered if it was coming. And then I was listening to all your guests. And I'm sad. I was just like, oh, maybe one day. But um, <laughs> I, I enjoy listening. You, you keep it really interesting. So Love it's cool it. to kind of know the people that you have on. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You were next. You knew it. <laughs> But yeah, no, I guess um, I'm Jess. I was teammates with Emma Oregon uh, for three or four years, maybe. I'm Somewhere around there. Sure. 20, yeah, it's like 2015, 20, like yeah. three years. Yeah, I think, um, initially I was the hairdresser who traveled with the team for the cross country. Mm-hmm. Braids by Jessica, we yeah. love it. Um, but yeah, no, we have been teammates and friends for 
five years now. That is crazy. <laughs> no, I still remember when you first showed up to Oregon, man. Time yeah. flies. It feels like yesterday when we got there, really. No. Like, on Facebook the other week, it was like the memory of her dropping me off in Oregon. And it was like, as if that was five years ago. So yeah, time goes really quick. And uh, here we are over combo over cold brew right now. Cheers Got to you. cold brews. Cheers. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so <nice. great. laughs> Literally went out of my way 45 minutes to get this this morning. So. Oh, really? Yeah, no. dedication. I Well, I also just love those. I've been getting it every day. $5.25 for this every day. Well spent though. Mine oh. was a, um, I, there's a little bakery just down, a couple of doors down from where I'm staying right now. And I was, I wasn't sure quite how I was going to communicate cold brew <laughs> yeah where are you right now i am just outside of frankfurt right now so okay. in germany and um i was like i know i can ask for coffee because you just it's kathy kathy is <laughs> so, that how uh, it works i've never been like, to germany i was like i wonder what they'll do if i ask for cold brew but um the menu had iced coffee so i was oh. like i'll go with that one <laughs> that sounds accurate places i'll get <laughs> yeah um how is the season going so far? Where so where have you been? Where are you off to next? Yeah, so season has been great so far. It's um, been a lot of fun, and it's all thanks to Pete, kind of to believing that we could have a season this year. Um, he didn't really stop trying to get us over to Europe in some capacity, and uh, so we started off in Monaco, um, which was Remy, the meet organizer there for the Monaco Diamond League, and Pete have just gone back and forth for months just making sure this could happen and um yeah we started off in monaco went to sweden and then came to germany so i've stopped off in a few towns along the way i was in monaco and then stockholm Gothenburg, uh, berlin and now i'm just outside of frankfurt and i will head into doha on sunday oh my Denmark. gosh going back <laughs> I'm back exactly a year a year after basically so that's kind of crazy that a year ago I was over there for world champs and in the chaos that was 2020 I get to go back 12 months later so yeah that is crazy what if, what are you racing I'm gonna run a 3k in Doha so somewhere between the 15 and the 5 and um I think I ran a 3K in the end of July back at home, and it was a monsoon, total, like, just pouring down rain. You did so well in that, though. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, and I think um, I'd had great guys that offered to pace me, so it was kind of about, like, well, I was like, I can't let it go now. Like, they, these guys have traveled two hours to pace me in the middle of a pandemic, and Western Sydney was a hotspot at that time. So I was just like, well, they still came, so I need to run fast. Yeah, what did you end up running in that? 8.41, unofficially, because I had male paces. So it doesn't count for anything. Um, but, it, I mean, it was a good setup for Monaco. So. Yeah. Man. I mean, that, dude, I just can't even imagine someone running 8.41. I can't. Like, even just thinking back to a couple of years ago, like, could you imagine running that fast? Remember, I remember with Lily breaking nine for the first time, barely, and just thinking, wow, we are amazing. We are yeah, perfect. well, anyone that broke nine, I was like, whoa. Like, <laughs> that was so fast, and it yeah. was like, how possibly even go faster? Um, yeah, so. or like people, anyone that ran under like 4.15, you were like, man, wow. like, that yeah, person's going to win NCAAs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seriously. <laughs> what do you think the biggest change has been for you since like 
I don't know, college or like even in the middle of college, I feel like you had like a super big breakthrough. Yeah, I think I just started to really kind of be persevering in my own right kind of thing, like sort of just believing that like I do belong out there and like I can be here. Um, And now it's up to me to see how far I can take it. And sort of once I took ownership of what I was doing and um, kind of started to work to my potential, it sort of, it took a while, but it did, it sort of showed, I guess, my junior year um, indoors. And then by the outdoors, I got my, I had a big breakthrough, but it was just like kind of shifting in that mentality of like, I want to do this and I get to do this and I'm, I want to see how far I can go. I don't want to leave it untapped and possibly uh, always look back and think, oh, what would have happened if I just committed a little bit more? So yeah, that was definitely the shift was just like, I want to see what I can do, not I just want to make up the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that you brought that shift on or do you think it was like outward expectations or people telling you yeah. <laughs> to do it? Um, I think, I guess, like people believing that I could do it, uh, like my dad, Marisa, um, when she was coaching us, and then even just like you guys as a team, like we had so much fun. And I think kind of finding like how much that, yeah, if you – you love the sport, but truly enjoying it and enjoying the day to day, which we did as a team. Um, it just like re-sparked it. And uh, yeah, kind of then having people who hadn't wavered in their belief in me and that could see that like I, I could do it if I put my mind to it um, was definitely the powerful shift in that. Like, okay, these people think I can do it. Um, I'm going to back myself. And I would, especially with Marisa too, like you, she had such a connection with us that you wanted to run well, for her like you she put so much time and effort into us that it wasn't just about like oh okay like I'll see what I can do today it was like no like I want to run well for Marisa and I think um that definitely set us up and it's the same now with Pete it's like he puts so much time into us that I'm just like when I stand out there I stand out there with pride to represent what he's done as well to get me to the start line so probably unwavering belief from good people around me and truly having fun with it from being surrounded by awesome teammates and uh, keeping it lighthearted, especially in cross country when we were, we were suffering <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> when you and I would suffer and Ashley, all the 1500 runners yeah. being like, man, we're really doing this 6k today, yeah. aren't we? Yep. And it would always take one of us to have to like commit to it big in the middle. <laughs> Whereas it was like, was- okay, which one of the three 1500 runners is it going to be today? <laughs> Today. Who's gonna hold on? Who's gonna die? <laughs> oh, I just remember regionals. I think the year that we did go on to win NCAA's at regionals, Ashley decided with like a mile to go. Well, I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I was out the back from that one. That one. Oh my gosh! And um, pre nats. Oh, oh. <laughs> I've never died so hard in my life. Like we were all together through 4K, and you guys just kept the same pace, and I just died. Like that one was not my day. And then Ashley came through again at NCAAs, too. Like, because Ashley was – she wasn't doing that well at the beginning of the season. She was kind of having, like, some rough races or, like, off days. Yeah. And NCAAs came around, and she, like, secured the bag for the team. Yeah. Yeah. Remember her and Marisa came up with, like, the watch concept. Yeah, I was like, what is this? And she could always see how – and figure out in her head how far she had to go. She was going to get it right. So, yeah, that was cool. And um, I think – remember it was like four minutes to go or something. It was like, okay, four minutes, four minutes. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, For more context, our teammate Ashley, she (laughs) – 
we I don't know when we discovered it I don't know if it was before you got there or it was when you like first got there I mean you got there like not that long after I did but (laughs) she like when she works out and when it starts to get hard she like whispers like okay 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 like under her breath so you can like audibly hear like if you're working out next to her like you can hear her saying okay and she had no idea that it was happening until we pointed it out but it's kind of reassuring you know Oh, definitely. It's like, it's either like, okay, or it's like, okay, I can do it. Oh. Yeah. Okay. This is hard. Like 1K into the, into the 6K and you hear it. Okay. <laughs> what happened during races? I I can't say I noticed it in races. I just remember that regional meet with um the four minutes to go. And it was like, okay, four minutes. And we were all <laughs> together. <laughs> like all right let's try for four more minutes (laughs) yeah it's so funny like just because for Ashley like that mental shift of having the watch to like because she was really good at hitting paces in practice she was never having any off days in practice so I guess that's why she was wearing the watch like our coach helped come up with the idea like because usually she would die at like I don't know 4k or like 3k even sometimes so if she wore the watch that she would like stick on the pace because she could do it easily in practice yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just funny because it's like there was no change in fitness. It was literally only just right. wearing a watch. The difference from when we got beat to death in Tucson two weeks prior to that regional meet in Sacramento was all in a watch. <laughs> I know. I know. And then NCAAs too. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes it shows we probably overcomplicate things sometimes being like so set on like specific race plans and you have to move at 1200 meters to go or something. Whereas simplifying it down to just sort of wearing your watch and getting that direct feedback was was the key to this coming through by one point at NCAAs. <laughs> I will still like I feel like I talk about it way too much for how long ago it was. I probably honestly watched the video of us finding out we won at least once a month. Like, I was just gonna say the same. I don't know why it just like brings back such good memories. That season was so funny. So, yeah, so funny, so much fun. Um, and then, like, we just did the unthinkable. <laughs> just thinking of the team from 2012 that won at Oregon to compare to our 2016 team, like, or even the conversation the night before where it's like Colorado's going to win. Colorado's going to win, but if we can score, like, 150 points, we can get a trophy. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That was the goal. And Wow. <laughs> yeah do you miss yeah, running cross no, country no. are you gonna be running anymore like cross country do you think oh I don't know we talked about it briefly because Australia has the world cross country championships so far they're supposed to be in March next year but uh doesn't probably isn't going to happen because there's so many quarantine rules going into Australia they're probably going to get moved maybe to the end of the year instead um so we have talked about it a little bit because like racing at home in a world championships of some kind is a pretty cool thing to do and you, you don't get the chance to do that very often but 10k now as a senior athlete oh, oh man I forgot okay I know I know and just looking at like the lot like world cross is notoriously brutal like the I went as a junior in China and it was probably my worst result ever and it was just so like the it was the hardest thing I'd ever done and like the feel there's so many people around you and everything so it was just a super eye-opening and then to think of that translating over a 10k and then 
how they had the course in Ahas last time. So two, nearly, I guess, a year and a half ago now. Like, wow, I think the world cross would be a whole nother beast. But maybe I will, if it's a home course and I can make it work with track and not sort of uh, choose that over a track meet, uh, maybe I'll, I'll give it a go. <laughs> I feel like you do well nowadays, like in every, I mean, you always have, but in anything like people throw at you. <laughs> so I feel like you would do great. <laughs> I don't know, 10K cross country. There might be a limit. <laughs> At the yeah, moment. yeah, what is the limit? You have to find it sometime. <laughs> yeah, you got to push, you got to find your limit. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe now's the time or whenever that happens. Yeah. Um, so, you, I remember in college, like you were, I mean, you, you ran the 5K sometimes and like the 3K. How have you liked that distance now? Because I feel like you were more of a 1500 runner or you definitely like preferred the 1500. <laughs> But now yeah. like, you're killing it in these long events. So yeah. has that changed now? I think honestly now I just train a bit more for the event, which mm-hmm. makes it more um, bearable. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I remember I joined Pete the, around like the 1st of July last year. And one of the first things he had me do was a four-mile tempo on Amazon because I was still going up to Portland on weekends but staying in Eugene for the week to finish summer school and he had me do a four mile tempo at like 5 30 pace and I thought he was crazy I was like oh no no I was just like on Amazon too like four miles at a pace I've never like four miles straight I've never done that um at a pace I've never done hmm I'll just see how it goes so I just was like all right I'll just run this like a cross-country race I guess right I mean that has to be like the race mentality solo on the Amazon trail stop Um, so yeah that was my first sort of experience of like all right we're gonna we're gonna get really strong um I haven't worked this system before so they have drastically improved since then I now don't dread when I see a tempo in the program, uh, I actually couldn't really be me. It. <laughs> I actually really enjoy it, and we do now. Um, even with COVID this year, we had the chance to kind of extend them out a bit longer. And now I see a five mile tempo at whatever pace is set, and I'm like, all right, like I can do it. I still notoriously, as a fifteen hundred meter runner, run them first mile too fast, and I'm trying to figure out that sweet spot. I think they would be even better if I just would not do that, but. Uh, it's habit and I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have plenty of years ahead of you to learn that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely the biggest thing that was like, um, made the 5k better is just like training for them and being able to sustain the longer workouts. And, uh, I had such a good experience in Berlin in my first like real 5k, I would say last year that, um, given that it was in the Olympic stadium, it was, had a huge crowd and it was just a fun race that I think having such a positive experience made me want to run it a little bit more. Um, maybe if I tried to run 15 flat at something very small with, with no crowd and not in an Olympic stadium with so much history, maybe 15 flat wouldn't have been as positive. So I think there was a lot of variables <laughs> that went into making me kind of want to explore it a bit more. And then, uh, yeah, when you get the chance to run a 5K in the Monaco Stadium on, in the Diamond League, you definitely grabbed that one with two hands. So it's been a lot more positive than we could have predicted 12 months ago in that. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. What is, what is your PR now? Something insane. Uh, 1443. Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> I can't. I like, I cannot imagine people running that fast. Like you and Carissa, because I see Carissa all the time. But I'm just like. Centering the straightaway still. So yeah, I'm like. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that too. I'm like, how does she run fourteen twenty six or whatever she ran? I'm like, that literally like I thought yeah. breaking sixteen was good. It's massive. And it is. Like when I look at um like the the current Alicia Zaber who runs for the ducks now, she's just run like fifteen fifty. And I think, man, that is so fast. And then I'm like, well, we would she was in the Monaco race and um chasing the French junior record and I'm like, wow, it's it's still it's so different from fifteen fifty down to fourteen forty three. But yeah, so it's uh it's definitely I mean, I don't know if I can run any faster at this present time. I <laughs> Okay, well you just <laughs> ran that, so I uh my instructions were that if the race was five thousand and one meters, I was blacked out on the track. And I, I think I hit that one um out of the park. So <laughs> five thousand meters in fourteen forty three was the absolute most I could get out of myself. <laughs> well that's good. I mean that you showed that you pushed it to your physical limit. What do you what is like the biggest difference between between running like fifteen fifty and running fourteen forty-five? I think just um learning how to hurt kind of thing like it doesn't get any more comfortable you just have to get better at not succumbing to pain basically like it's uh physically like I think uh, I mean I don't know probably from about 15 I don't know because I'm not a coach and I don't tr like the science side someone else might disagree but <laughs> maybe from 15 20 to about 15 flat most people can probably hit the same sort of workouts but it's the difference in being able to like embrace it when it gets incredibly painful um that probably makes the difference between being like a 15 minute runner and a 15 20 runner and then it's probably similar in terms of going from like 15 down to 14 50 and then just those small smaller increments the faster you get but uh just sort of being able to learn how to hurt and that was something I said I had to learn how to do this year was not be so smiley down the last straightaway and learn how to <laughs> grit it up <laughs> yeah okay is that a smile or is it a wince so I don't know. I think it's, it is a smile because like I love being out there and I do. I think um, Marisa taught us, remember, like uh, get excited about what you're doing as you're doing it. So mm -hmm. I think it does come out as like I'm so excited to be like I'm contending here. But then the more I get through these hard workouts and stuff, I think it, it, maybe it is a wince and I've just learned how to dis disguise it. <laughs> I just like can't tell. I'm like she has to be in pain. I mean, everyone oh, yeah. else around her is. I'm like I can't, I can't distinguish. But yeah, it looks like a smile. Like you have to be one of the most photogenic runners I've ever seen in my life. I'm like how do you look like that? You're like never. You're never on the down. Oh and no, I am. <laughs> maybe the photos I see are just not. You're like never on the down, coming down the home stretch, and you're like smiling. I'm like what? I'm just happy to be here. I guess. Yeah. Just happy to be here, but I'm not even in pain, so <laughs> can I say? <laughs> well, man, no, it definitely hurts just as much as it the girl next to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay, so you just you're you made the Olympic team. Yeah, in the five thousand, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Are you gonna try for the fifteen hundred too, or are you just gonna keep it at the five? Yeah, yeah, I'll try for the fifteen. Um we we really like to be honest don't know which one we'll pick for next year if i can qualify in both um still got to qualify for the 15 but uh i mean i trust pete to make the decision and like i feel like we're just getting started so if he there's so many ways to go about progression and you see someone like shelby who started in the, the longer stuff and came back to the 15 and maybe we'll take that path um or maybe we feel really confident in the 1500 next year like it's just going to be a case of 
what fits for where I'm at and knowing that we can always go back up or back down uh, later on and not being like stuck in the box of just a 1500 or just the 5k for the future so we'll see I mean I definitely feel more confident in the 15 and especially coming off the Monaco 5k like Wow, the idea of running two of them in 72 hours for round. Oh, I forgot about that. I cannot fathom that at the moment, which, I mean, we have 12 months. So if um, if in the back of Pete's mind right now, he knows that I'm going to run the five, I'm sure he's going to get me ready to do that. But uh, it just, like, I think it was 12, 11, 12 days coming off that Monaco 5K before I felt okay again. So... I can't imagine what, especially similar conditions to, it was hot in Monaco and Tokyo is going to be hot and humid, like kind of doing two in the span of three days. I don't know what, what could come of that. Yeah. <laughs> and then hopefully. if you ran the 1500, how many rounds would you have to do? Is it two still? It's three rounds in five days for Tokyo. So it was, for Doha last year, it was heat and semi back to back and then a day off and a final. And so even though I didn't make the final, I tried to kind of sort of see like how I would feel on day four if I like just kind of, obviously I didn't race and I actually started my break. So I didn't know. <laughs> so <laughs> so. So not sure how much of an insight it was, but kind of knowing, at least knowing how I backed up back to back days was um, a good thing to take away from Doha. And then uh, kind of sort of feeling, even though I didn't run the day in between, what would have been the semi and the final being like, oh, I don't feel too bad. So um good things to note going forward but Tokyo is three rounds in five days so you run heat day off semi day off final so that's a whole different ballpark in itself again so it's hard to predict what that would look like because you know sometimes you feel better immediately following before you've had time to get sore so yeah I'm just going to trust the team around me to to make sure that I know how to handle those kinds of whether it's two days off between the 5k rounds if I can get through the first round um and then whether it's like three rounds over five days I, I'm sure that they've got the experience to make sure I'm ready to go yeah man I just I cannot believe that you're going to the Olympics it's crazy <laughs> just to like see my friends and old teammates now like oh yeah we're probably gonna make the Olympic team or like Carissa's yeah. setting like American records I'm like mm, yeah. you guys are all my age and <laughs> you guys are like absolutely it's destroying it it's just it, like how do you feel that you're going to be an Olympian yeah, it's pretty cra- I feel like this year has kind of been a strange year to to qualify for the team because, yeah, they, they have named me on the team, but there is still that, like, question mark over what happens. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, still, I truly, like, I'm like, until I stand on the start line and finish a round of something, I don't think I can call myself an Olympian because it's just, it hasn't happened yet. And yeah. there's so much uncertainty that, like, being on the team is like huge to know that like we are training towards it eventually. But uh, until I've ran a race and finished it, I think there's going to be a little bit of surrealism until it's like actually like, oh, wow, <clears throat> I ran in the Olympics and I, I'm an Olympian now. <laughs> like, okay, say four years ago, like could you have imagined that you'd be going to, well, now it's the 2021 Olympics, but yeah. like would you have imagined that you were going to Tokyo? So I guess like, I guess I did because I didn't remember this, but Elsie actually, one of our old, I lived with her freshman year. She messaged me when they named the name me on the team, and she said, "You told me in 2016 when I had my only injury I've ever had was my little stress fracture in my metatarsal." Yeah. Um, 
And she said, she's like, you told me when you were in a boot in 2016 that you would make the Olympic team. And I was like, really? Look at that confidence, Jess. I was like, I was so confident about it. (laughs) Little injured Jess making big lofty goals. I was like, wow, okay. I mean, I was like, I was kind of proud of myself looking back. I was like, I was actually. I, okay I guess the the dream never wavered but uh yeah it, <laughs> it was crazy when she sent me that I just couldn't believe it I was like wow and I was kind of like wow I was so naive to think that <laughs> 2016 Olympics I'll just be there um because there's been so much that's had to go into to getting myself to the Olympics for 2021 now so I guess I guess I I did think I would be but uh there has to have been some sort of doubt in there there's no way I could have <laughs> projecting out that this would be what happened (laughs) um yeah it's just like crazy I feel like um after you got that little injury is like kind of where you started like on the uphill like or not uphill battle but like you you started getting better and better after that injury I think I I went home for the summer after that and I realized like if I want to be on the other side of the world to the people that I love and care about and don't get to see every day then like I have to commit and I have to make like the most of what I've got to to sort of see where I can go with it and I think that was like the the turning point of like we started to have like our sophomore year remember we both ran at Azusa or something we ran like a really good 1500 and we were like wow we are incredible shape wow we are (laughs) fit Remember we got to regionals and we like we thought we were like we are making NCAA's. Yeah. Oh, I knew it. I was like I'm making NCAA's. <laughs> it was it was baby steps from there. Like we made the regional meet and then the next year made the NCAA meet for the first time. It wasn't like it came all at once. And um, I think that's like the the patience of Marisa was it never failed to make sure that we stayed on task and um eventually eventually got to start stringing some consistent results together yeah what was funny is like you talk about the summertime it's it was always so like funny just to see everyone come back after the summer and like everyone was assessing who was in shape and who was not like and then you go to camp right away yeah you're like all right who's gonna hang on these tempo runs the like three mile tempos at six minute pace it's like hey who can hang and we thought we were at real altitude and we were at sun river and it was like 1400 meters and I'm like <laughs> yeah exactly and I'm like that doesn't make a single difference to no anything. I think it's more just for fun <laughs> like I love Sun River every time or Manzanita yeah. good old Manzanita yeah. oh Manzanita that was a trip and a half wasn't it ah uh, <laughs> we love it <laughs> eating um, good Manzanita <laughs> eating good <laughs> chomping <laughs> away <laughs> <laughs> that was the start of your whole vlog. I know, I know. I just, I just have a, like, first of all, I have a memory of Rennie, <laughs> like eating her breakfast, and she's like, I can't believe a thousand people are gonna see this. And she Alex just like her hair was like this, boof, and she was eating like five different things for breakfast before we went running. I was like, what are you doing? And she's like, I can't believe a thousand people are gonna see this. And it was like, and it, I think it has over a hundred thousand views now. Wow. I'm like, I'm sorry, Renny. I really put you on blast there. A hundred thousand views of us just like living it up in Manzanita. Yeah, that specific video is like one of the weirdest I think I have from our time. 
I still go back and watch them because they're so fun to watch. I think the pre-Nats one is my favorite. From yes, yes. Really I'm really good. glad I did it. It's fun to like look back and document. I wish, dude, I wish so bad I started in 2016. Yeah, earlier, yeah. I earlier. wish I documented like that season. That would have been so funny to watch. Oh my gosh, yeah. From like the highs, like the extreme lows. The extreme like, lows to the biggest high you can imagine. What? <laughs> and then the triple crown as well. Like it would have been fun to have it all the way through track. So yeah, yeah. I know, man. It's like more special that we like you know what like special that we would have had it, but at the same time we were also present with where we were. That like we have those memories together. So that's true. I don't even need a video to like remember yeah. <laughs> how fun that season was. <laughs> um. So I feel like you've always been a super team oriented person. How has um like professional life affected you because yes it is like team-based but I feel like it is a lot more focused on like individuals because it's not like you're competing for team points usually unless it's like I don't know specific races maybe I don't really know I don't really know that much about the professional world but how has it been like kind of transitioning over to more of like the individual side of things yeah, it's definitely different, but I think you can find a way to make it still about a team. If you, if that's, if some people thrive being all about like their own results and just dialed in. But I think um, I definitely thrive off momentum and kind of just like my teammates might not be running for the same country as me now, but all like running for the same, not all running for the University of Oregon, but we do run for, like eventually we will have a team name again, but we do run for Pete when we stand out there. And I think that is, some unity amongst us all and it it is um it does kick start momentum like I remember watching Donovan in Doha um win because <laughs> he was demolish everyone just yeah and break American records and uh he was the first of us to he went to Doha we were still all in um Badrigar, a tiny town in Switzerland whilst he was racing because we were so much later in the program and um it's just like it is powerful still it's like you see him get the result and it's like wow okay well I guess we're all fit. <laughs> yeah, no exactly. Coaching. He's like demolishing us. It's like, well, we're doing like similar training, yeah. we're basically doing the same thing. We have the same coach. So oh, our tapers are working. So um, <laughs> that kind of thing, it's still, if you choose to look for those moments, like they're still there. And um, even to going just like Stockholm Diamond League a, a couple of weeks ago now was, well, you know, when you walk to the call room and you start to have like the jitters and then you're just like, oh gosh, how's today going to go? Like, do I? am I going to get it right or am I going to get it really wrong? Um, just like, oh. I don't know how it's going to go, but like you have those pre-race doubts. And um, I kind of seen Pete as I was walking to the call room and I, I hadn't been able to see or hear how Donovan had gone and um, asked Pete, I was like, how'd Don go? And he said, oh, he crushed it. Like his last straightaway was just brilliant. And that was all I needed to hear. It was like, all right, if he crushed it, here go Shannon and I. I'm like, we're going to do our part too. And then Craig later on and Raven later on. So it's still, um, if you choose to kind of work off each other's momentum, even in workouts too, like, you know, when someone's having a, a great day and it just brings that whole extra energy. Um, yeah, you can still be super teamy. And I was lucky when I was at home that I had a few boys that wanted to help me out in workouts as well. And it just makes it so much more fun. Like you stop thinking about how much it hurts and just being like, well, grateful because they're here and I'm like well if they're going to help me I'm going to make sure I get the most out of today um and then just like bouncing off each other with the energy is it's so crucial and I think it it kind of makes it way more enjoyable which for us to stick in it long term it's got to be fun so that's yeah 
Yeah. How was the transition from college to professional in terms of like training? Uh, very different. I not in terms of like uh like I just I guess my ten day cycle is structured a little bit differently. Um, like we always hit a there's always a tempo run once every third workout. Uh, so it's a super speedy day and then a longer interval day. And I think kind of just consistently having that rhythm versus like you know we race so much in college that like a lot of it can be about kind of just the Tuesday workout coming off of me is a, a cushiony recovery workout and then <laughs> that's basically that. what I get like I just in my head it's ingrained into my head the weekly structure tempo k's on a Tuesday tempo k's <laughs> intervals on the track on Friday long run Sunday repeat yeah. which like works so well in college especially because it, it just it's like just enough stimulus to get results, but ho- hopefully keep you healthy um, and set you up for being able to progress in a when you get to a senior level um, and running professionally. But yeah, I guess just kind of having that rhythm consistently and then maybe even this year being able to just lock into that rhythm with no races for so long was very much about like, I was just able to get used to it. And um, yeah, the intensity has increased a lot. Um, I go into a lot of workouts nervous of like, I don't know if I can do it, but I'm going to try until I can't, um, which luckily so far I keep, I go in thinking like if I blow up trying, like I've still had a good day. So I think being able to kind of keep that mentality and keep perspective because like everything is progress from what I've done before. So not being too bogged down in like one bad workout or getting too excited about one really good workout and just focused on keeping the week's the mileage up and keeping the weeks together and the intensity high when we're trying to to get a a big day out of things and kind of also not getting as I've gotten used to the workouts no longer getting like nervous for them getting ready to like embrace them and be like all right I'm I'm getting better so each time I get to do this workout I should feel a bit better which it never does because the paces just get faster (laughs) yeah that's the thing about running is it never gets easier it literally I would say it's gotten a lot harder over the years yeah yeah definitely and um just getting my long run volume up and spending more time on my feet and getting stronger in the weight room like we I hadn't done any like super heavy lifting until now and are you saying that our organ lifts were not hard for you (laughs) I'm just kidding (laughs) doing the doing the bar like doing a clean with the bar (laughs) yeah and it was hard (laughs) the pillars (laughs) the pillars that we all tried to went my way out of um, yeah me successfully everyone else they yeah. I don't know I feel like you did them everyone was doing their bands yeah I definitely got more compliant to it over the time um because I well, you know what it's like when you start doing something and then you realize huh this actually works yeah like, hmm, I actually do feel better when I actually yeah. do the pillars and bands and core it's yeah crazy yeah. just the little things that make a big difference yeah the, that once you do sort of see like they you dread them like I mean there's still days now where I'm like oh I'd really like to skip call because I'm just tired but I, I will will do it because like I know how important it is for the foundation of my running so um but like yeah back then when you were just until you sort of see the result from it it's so hard to commit to it and then you sort of start to see like you get a bit more consistent and you get a bit more feedback that maybe this works <laughs> yeah next you want to be more into it but uh yeah I I think being like because we had we worked with Dave in Oregon as well so he knew my body pretty well but um being able to 
push me a bit harder in the weight room and sort of like doing things that like I didn't think I could lift certain weights and he would just be like you're stronger than you think like give this a go and I was like whoa okay um but yeah that's definitely made a big difference in my running as well like uh he hadn't seen me for about five months because I was in Australia and we were in Monaco and the first time he seen me run and I did a stride and he was just like wow you look so stable um so I know just like little things like that like attention to detail in the weight room and core and bands and flexibility <laughs> and uh, just remember grant always telling me that your hips were weak and tight. dude that is my favorite quote <laughs> of the world well emma your hips are weak and tight oh really surprised <laughs> i'm not surprised about it <laughs> i can't say i'm shocked i don't think they've ever been strong or flexible so maybe i'll work on that one day it's all about a progression you know all of us at practice remember it used to take us so long because we would sit there and sit on the foam roller and talk i know i know the foam rolling was minimal maybe after like a hard track sesh i'd like get on and foam roll for a few minutes but yeah i was just talking in the bowerman basically i think that's what we were all doing for a long time there but uh yeah and it's like it is i guess it's a good thing in a way because like you can't always like if you're if you were 17 and you were doing everything religiously right like where do you go for it go from it like it's you got to find your self improvement exactly and that's what I feel like it is a progression because you don't want to start off in high school like I talk I feel like I talk about this on every podcast but like high schoolers these days some of them are like doing insane mileage insane workouts I mean they're running a lot faster obviously because they're doing these things but it's like look at Jess like you have to have somewhere to go with these things like you have all of college and College, like, the training was hard, I guess, I'm, but, like, yeah. it wasn't insane. Like, I yeah. was nervous going to Oregon. I felt like I was going to, like, be destroyed all the time. But it was, like, it was more smart training, like you said, for the racing style. Yeah. Like, we had to race all the time. Like, it was kind of just to tune you up and feel you good and, like, or yeah. make you feel good and yeah. just, like, keep you injury-free. Yeah. Um but then, yeah, like, I mean, you have to tune it up again. Like, you have to have somewhere to go after college. Even if you're running at the biggest level in college, like, you have to have the next, the next level step. to go from there. So maybe, yeah, you slacked a little bit on the foam roller, but that's, like, something that you can do in, um, like, at the professional level. It's just kind of, like, all about making those slow progressions to get that's you where it. you want to go in the future. Which is, it shows how important it is to have people around you that don't rush you as well. Like, I mean from high school when I was coached by dad, like our workouts were so small. Like I think I was running 25 miles a week, if that's, and then coming to Marisa and we got up to 40 miles a week and stuff like that. Like people that just had that long-term goal in mind with you and didn't want it all here and now, and you have to do it now. Um, I think that just shows too how important it is to have the right people looking out for you, not just uh, being one of many kind of things yeah so yeah. I mean you're still pretty young what's the next step for you what can you work on uh I can definitely work on my lust straight away and I know that and I knew that that was my takeaway from Doha last year was like okay I can get to the last I can get to 100 to go with these women but I need to be able to to get further than that I need to not be able to run a 1400 meters race I need to <laughs> um and even this year I think uh we focused a lot on the strength side of things and um that has paid off big time but I I know that I need to get 
better in the last 80 meters, which is, uh, it's funny, I still think back to Coach Ryan being like, lift and whip. Lift and whip. <laughs> <laughs> Those little like pad drills on the ground or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, so. you need to start doing those again. Come on. <laughs> oh, we do a lot of stuff similar, but um, it's still just uh, a matter of like, yeah, you, I still have to, I still haven't put the perfect race together from start to finish. So there's a lot I can improve there, and I just hope that as I as I keep getting stronger each year and layering the training together and stay healthy and consistent, um, that each part of my race plan will get stronger, and eventually that that last straightaway is going to come. But it's it's about also in workouts, like learning how to be tougher. Like I've reached a new level in training this year, but um, I think to go to the next step and I, I've sort of seen it this past month being with Shannon is she's just so tough. Like there is nothing that she thinks she cannot do. And um, she's, it's, incre- it's a lot of self-belief, but it's also very inspiring to sort of see and it just shows like how much like more you can get out of yourself sometimes than you think you can so I think that's a big piece as well so going forward and not really reading the workout on paper and thinking well if I get free 75% of that I'm good kind of just being like okay 100% of this all in and when it hurts this is what I need to to get better in a smart way not in a way that's gonna lead me down an injury path um but yeah just being being better at learning how to hurt and being very consistent in all aspects, including foam rolling. (laughs) (laughs) Would you say like the mental side now, like at the level that you're at is more important? I mean, obviously physical is so important, but would you say like you have to work more on, like what's harder for you, like the physical work or the mental work now at the level that you're at? I would say they're very even, especially like when you go from race day as well. Um, Race day is a different one because it's a matter of believing that you belong out there in the fields that you get the chance to race in. Um, And I think that it comes from kind of my style of racing as well. Like I've always been someone that doesn't like to sit back in a pack. And I remember Ashley saying to me one day when like sophomore year or something being like, eventually you'll be strong enough to just, because I remember in workouts, I'd always get off the line way too quick as well. Yeah, and yeah, I do remember that. I would always apologize in advance. I'd be like, I'm, I will settle down, I promise. And um, <laughs> it was like, no, like one day you'll be strong enough to like not have to settle down. So, uh, and like that, just things like that, that stick with you. And I think that's a, um, yeah, that's somewhere that we can keep going with and, uh, probably mentally that's the thing is like when I get into these workouts that are are pretty tough as well um learning how to strategize so that for the first half I'm not really thinking about the actual rest of the session I'm just doing one rep at a time um and that's like I know I also have good eyes on me there whether it's Pete in Portland or um dad makes an effort to be at everything i like everything big when I'm at home and I just I know that their judgments are so accurate that if if I am looking like I'm done for the day they're going to make the call they're not going to leave me out there just like grinding it out and putting myself in a hole so um I think also just trusting that as well is um is knowing that like I if I'm hurting I can just keep doing it because no one's going to let me get to the point of no return so they're going to pull me up before then yeah (laughs) um, it just translates across into races then because you start to believe what you've done in training and then sort of see yourself amongst those top women and not be afraid to to go big and and blow up because at the end of the day at 23 
if I blow up in a race, I probably learn a lot more than I do it than if I just sat back and felt good the whole time. So definitely. Yeah. Gosh, I can imagine how excited your dad is about yeah. you running these days. <laughs> It's pretty cool. It's great. It's um, I don't know that mum or because so Declan has just moved out as well because he got a, a job a few hours north of home. So they're empty nesters for the first time. Oh man, I don't know how much because then when Declan moved out, I was still at home. So for the first month, it was kind of like, oh, we still have you're still here, so we're not. But um, and then now I think that every night, each night that I race, because it's always the middle of the night at home, I don't know that they actually sleep because. I race and then they weren't great. Yeah, there's no way your dad is just taking yeah. a snoozer while you're racing. No, no, they're definitely up watching, but then they won't go to bed until they've talked to me. So I'm like, <laughs> and sometimes we have a workout or a drug testing and I'm like, it's hours before I get the chance to call them. I'm like, I'm sorry. You call them and they answer on the first ring. Yeah, yeah. Like they've been waiting there for it, which is, is awesome. And I wish, I mean, in a different year, maybe they would have been able to, to be over here, especially um, Monaco. I know that they would love to be able to come over to Monaco Diamond League one year. So even uh, I send mum all the pictures of the places we are. I'm like, one year it would just be so fun if you could just like follow me <laughs> for this, follow me for Europe for the summer. I mean, I don't know. That's obviously a very expensive task and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But um, I think that they would definitely enjoy it. So yeah, maybe maybe one day down the track. It definitely you will not keep my dad away from Prefontaine or the World Championships <laughs> in Eugene. That's a guarantee. <laughs> As long as, the, as long as COVID allows him to travel next year, he will be at anything that happens at the New Haywood Field. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can imagine. Like he, I mean, he came down to Eugene like quite yeah. a few times for how yeah. long that travel is. Yeah. I, he came, he came every year at least once whilst I was there. And then the year I graduated, they came for nationals. They came to Texas and then they came back to Eugene for graduation. And then dad flew home and then like, seven days later flew back to help me move to Portland and I was just like how on earth did I get this lucky so yeah, yeah man it must be nice to have that support system behind you oh, too yeah. it's definitely and like it's made it all possible to get to where I am today is to just have this support for everything so yeah they never pushed me to do anything but they always supported everything I put my mind to so that's awesome yeah. <laughs> okay well we're coming to the end of the podcast but like what is your biggest goal in like your running career like what do you want to achieve yeah uh biggest goal I mean they change every season don't they but I guess ultimately is that I want to win a medal somewhere down the line um I mean you never know when your timing is and I would love that that timing to fall on Haywood Field in 2022 but oh my gosh that would be so cool I'm 100% gonna be there Right, that would just be like the perfect fairy tale. But I think um, enjoying everything I do between now and whenever that moment gets opportunity to occur uh, will also be, it'll be way more memorable if I have enjoyed the process to get there than if I get so hooked on, okay, in this race in 2020, or 2020, like that's the one that I'm going to make it happen. Um, just kind of rolling with the day to days and, if the opportunity comes, like just being ready to capitalize on it and sort of just see how far I can take things. Um, I want to run very fast. Uh, I think there's potential maybe to, to take some, some big chunks out of the Australian records again. So yeah, we'll just, uh, we'll see kind of how much having fun can take me. (laughs) Yeah. You're already demolishing the scene. You're already like taking those records 
just, I mean, this whole season, you've been destroying those records. So you're already writing your name in the record book. You're only 23. So I can only imagine what the years to come will bring. Oh, yes. We'll see. I, uh, that sub four is the, the first one on the checklist. I hope so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll get that. <laughs> you'll get that for sure. Oh, my gosh. 350 something. I can't even imagine. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. Where can people follow you at? Because I'm sure, well, probably these people already all follow you, but um, if someone maybe wants to see your journey, where should they check you out? Yeah, I guess um, Instagram is probably where I'm most active, and that is Jessica with two A's on the end, um, Hull, H-U-L-L. I have to spell it all the time because otherwise it's Hall or Hill or, yeah, people get the Hull wrong. Yeah. Um, and then I am on Twitter at jessicahull143, but I am not very active at the moment. Maybe I'll <laughs> That's what everyone says when they when they yeah. see their Twitter. They're like, ah, I don't really tweet that much. but yeah, not that much. I, I scroll through. I get the results in the news that way, but um, I'm not the most active. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can follow me on there, and maybe I'll improve in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you get a big enough following, if everyone that listens to this follows Jess on Twitter, then she'll maybe start posting. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thanks so much for coming on. This was really fun. It's nice to catch up. I feel like I, I haven't talked to you in a while. And like, I feel like you're one of the most inspiring people, even in my life, just like see you from when you first got to Oregon to now. It's like crazy. And it inspires me because you have such a good attitude. And you've always been like, one of the most positive people. Like, even in at my experience at Oregon, it's like you were very team oriented. And like, when you when you're at that like level, when you're winning NCAAs, like sometimes, like you never let it get to your head. You yeah. you were always like so team oriented, and I think that uh, like speaks a lot of your character. So I'm just gassing you up right now. Yeah, you're making me get teary. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Yeah, but thank <laughs> you so much for coming on. I'm sure people are inspired by you. Oh no way! Thanks for having me. Maybe again sometime down the track. <laughs> yeah, of course. When you start breaking more records after you win the Olympics. <laughs> okay make it a date i don't want to lock it in there <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 we'll see um okay to close with the podcast wow for good old times can you give us a good old peace out fellas peace out fellas have a good day <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of combos over cold brew i really enjoyed this episode with jess she's super easy to talk to obviously good to catch up she's one of my biggest running inspirations Big shout out to Amy M for supporting the podcast. I give one of my supporters a shout out in each episode and it's super easy to support the podcast just through the Anchor platform. You can donate 99 cents a month, $4.99 and $9.99 I believe and it really helps me continue to do these podcasts, reaching out to guests, chatting away, spending time on it. Another free way to support the podcast is by rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts. I love hearing your guys' feedback, and it just helps grow the podcast super organically. Again, thank you guys so much for listening or watching. If you're on YouTube, make sure to go check that out, and I will hear from you guys in the next one. Peace out, fellas. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.